Hello, hello, beautiful people of the world. Welcome back to another wonderful week of DQ with Damani. This is your host, D-A-M-A-N-I-M-A-D-I-R, Le Tigre himself, bringing you more boxing, combat sports, lifestyle, news, and analysis. This week is insane. There has been so many things that have happened and I have absolutely no idea how I'm going to get through it all without this being just one mega episode. Last week, I had to consider whether or not I wanted to drop a lot of content because I figured, okay, two weeks ago, we already had an almost hour long episode. I don't want this to be super long. And then boom, this week, it just got even worse. So now I am 100% sure that this might be the longest episode of the show, but I am sure all of my combat sports enthusiasts will appreciate that very much. First, let's just talk about the IBF because the WBC conference just happened. Everything with the WBC is starting to look a little bit better. These guys are starting to take their rankings way more seriously instead of just being completely biased and doing a whole lot of foolishness with it. Now these guys are starting to get their rankings in order. Mauricio is saying, all right, guys, I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. The boxing community is pissed at me and my company, my sanctioning body, because we haven't been doing things the right way. Let's fix that now. Unfortunately, the IBF has gone in the complete opposite direction. What are these people thinking? I want to know what the guys at the IBF front office are thinking right now when they are making these stupid, stupid decisions. And I haven't had this type of energy in a very long time on this show. The last time I talked about this with this sort of energy was around the time I started to talk about Tyson Fury extensively near the beginning of the whole Tyson Fury not defending his title foolishness. Then after that, I got really heated when I talked about Alicia Baumgartner and the testing situation and why all of these guys are being weird with the labs now, which is still happening, by the way. We still don't have answers for that. Now we are hearing that the IBF has stripped Terrence Crawford, the undisputed welterweight champion of the world. The IBF and Terrence Crawford have massive issues to resolve. On Monday, the IBF announced that they would be stripping their undisputed champion in favor of establishing Jerron Boots Ennis as the new IBF welterweight champion of the world. Obviously, this is problematic because the IBF has declined completely to respond to issues at super middleweight, but they randomly decided to take action against Crawford, who just won the IBF, WBC, and WBA championships this summer against Errol Spence Jr. It's important, very important to remember that the rules of the IBF state that the newly crowned champion has nine months to defend his title. Other sanctioning bodies usually give you 12 months. They give you a year to defend against the mandatory challenger. But the IBF has a speedier process, which pushes purse bids and contract negotiations to be completed quicker. Nobody's mad at that. What we're mad at is the fact that you guys didn't honor the agreement that you made with the champion in this division. He has nine months. I got to remind you all once again. 
Terrence Crawford fought Errol Spence in July, which means that he is many months removed from his deadline. He still had a few months to decide whether or not he would give Spence a rematch or defend against Boots. This decision makes absolutely no sense. Settle sense. In any other division, the sanctioning bodies are sluggish to take action. These guys are looking away, scratching their heads, tying their shoes, pretending like they're not noticing what's happening. Especially when it's against someone who is holding the division up. Terrence Crawford is not one of those people. I have not seen, even when he held on to the WBO championship, that he held the division up. He fought all his mandatories. In fact, Crawford elevated the competition in his weight class. He forced everyone at welterweight to rise to his level. There is a reason why Conor Ben has said that he is ready for Crawford anytime he's asked. Crawford is the person who sits atop the pot of gold. He is the king. Beating Crawford means you become the number one pound-for-pound fighter worldwide. You are truly the elite among the elite. There is little else, I promise you, to chase after in the welterweight or the super welterweight divisions other than the man at the top of the pyramid right now. Whew, after that frustrating section, it's time to get into some women's boxing. Natasha Jonas versus Michaela Mayer is official for the IBF welterweight championship of the world. ESPN Plus will be hosting the fight and card on January 20th of next year. The fight comes as Mayer looks to rebuild her career. Mayer was a two-belt champion at Super Featherweight, carrying the IBF and WBO Super Featherweight championships until she lost them to Alicia the Bomb, Baumgartner, in a clash for the IBF, IBO, WBO, and WBA Super Featherweight titles back in November of last year, a year ago today, actually. Baumgartner went on to undispute against Elhel Mehaled in February of this year, while Michaela Mayer decided to move up to 135 and challenge for the WBC Interim Lightweight Championship. After beating Lucy Wildhart for that belt, Mayer once again moved up, this time to 140. At Super Lightweight, Mayer once again tested herself against the 12th ranked contender, Silvia Borto. After beating Borto, Mayer elected to move up one more time, challenging Natasha Jonas at the welterweight division. Now we are here, present day. And I'm not going to lie to you all. I'm going to keep it a stack. Got to keep it 100 on the DQ with Damani podcast. I did not like Michaela Mayer at first. Her personality, to me, was just way too abrasive. She talked way too much trash. And then when it came to her actual performance against Alicia Baumgartner, I'm, I, I was just confused because I'm like, you talked all that trash, made it seem like you were actually going to put in pain, put in work, and you did nothing. You got cooked. So now I feel very good about her approach to the whole thing now. She got humbled like Adrian Bronner did. And obviously a major difference between these two people is that Bronner still talks crazy. And obviously she's moving different. She's realizing that now... All of that trash talk, it does not matter. When you get inside the ring, everything that you said to your opponent does not matter. You could win the mental game in all these press conferences, in all of these media packages. You can win. But if you lose in the ring, everything that you said is worthless. It has zero value. And that's exactly what happened to her. And now, 
Once again, like I said, she's real. She's rebuilding. This is the rebuilding phase for Michaela Mayer. And she's starting to get all of the base beneath her so that she can move up, stack another layer, move up, stack another layer so that she could finally be at the top once again. Look down at all of her competition once again, because right now everybody is still questioning whether or not she would be able to beat Alicia Baumgartner. Obviously, they're in different weight classes now. So the hypotheticals and what ifs and simulations is going to have to wait until Baumgartner decides to move up, which will very obviously be a couple of years from now. She seems very comfortable at the lower weight classes at this point in time. And then we'll have our answer. A couple years time, I'd estimate. Three to four. But for right now, she looks like she's ready to go. I got respect for Michaela Mayer. She's put in a lot of work. She deserves the opportunity to be great again. She picked up a nice WBC interim lightweight championship earlier this year. And she looked like she's ready to take on Natasha Jonas. I'm not going to lie. She looks ready. She looks like she's prepared. And there are a lot of fighters right now who I talk about who stay in the gym. She is one of those people. I haven't seen a single video of her outside on the street doing something stupid or hanging out with fans. She's in the gym every single day. There is no other footage of her outside of the gym. That's it. Media stuff, gym. She's ready. There is no doubt that Michaela Mayer is going to take this opportunity by the horns and make something happen with this. And if she doesn't, then... I have absolutely no idea what's going down in these camps. Next up on the agenda, another massive, massive announcement. The announcement that we have all been waiting for. And I have said this several times on this show when it comes to big fights. But this is more than just a big fight. This is a big card. This is the biggest card with that we've ever had, probably. The biggest card. This doesn't get any better. I, I don't think so at this point in time. Finally, the heavyweight tournament that has been rumored to take place in Saudi Arabia is now confirmed. Anthony Joshua, Deontay Wilder, Daniel Dubois, Jarrell Big Baby Miller, Dimitri Bivo, Lyndon Arthur, Joseph Parker, Frank Sanchez, Junior Fogg, the list of names goes on and on and on, all going to war in Saudi Arabia on December 23rd, 2023. This is the highest stacked card I have seen in a very, very long time. The last time a card was this stacked was either Tank's card back in January of this year or the Tank versus Ryan Garcia card back in April. Those cards had Demetrius Andrade, David Morel, and Gabriel Rosado all coming prior to the main event. This right here, this is major news. If you've been watching or listening to my show for a long time already, then you know how often I talk about the heavyweight division and all of its issues. The most prevalent issue of the modern era of boxing being how congested and slow the division is. Since 2019, 019, 
the heavyweight division has been stalled. Tracing the history of the IBO championship in comparison to the WBC championship is proof of that. Just to show y'all that I'm not capping, the WBC World Heavyweight Championship has had two different world champions since that year, and it was defended against three unique opponents from 019 to 023. Now, let's take a look at the IBO World Championship. The IBO World Heavyweight Championship has been defended against five unique opponents, while three different champions carried the belt. Three. Let's just put it all into perspective right now, just so that everyone understands and that we're all on the same page with this. Now, it's obvious that Tyson Fury's quote-unquote side of the street has not been properly maintained or tended to, which further accentuates my point that the heavyweight division is way too slow and it makes the sport of boxing look bad. It makes us look horrible. Thankfully, the men of skills challenge over in Saudi Arabia are looking to change the status quo for the better and give heavyweight boxing the much needed clearance that has been missing for almost four years now. I am very proud of Eddie Hearn, DeZone, Frank Warren, and all of the brilliant minds of skills challenge. Dimitri Salida as well. Anthony Joshua and Otto Wallen going to war in the main event with Deontay Wilder and Joseph Parker throwing down? Oh, man. This, oh, I, I don't know how many different ways I could tell y'all that this is an enormous card. This is, this is a card that is worth your money. And I haven't said that in a very long time. I always make my little slick remarks about illegally watching fights and stuff like that, the Amazon Fire Sticks, the streaming sites. I always have to joke about that. But this... This is something that is beyond money. If you watch this right here, this card at this specific point in time, and you don't pay for it, I have to be mad at you, bro. I have to. Because look at how many names I just dropped. How many names were world champions? And out of that list of names, how many people are looking to win a world championship? It's crazy. For example... DAZN is also giving Big Baby Miller another chance. And a lot of people are frustrated with the fact that Big Baby is getting a shot at Daniel Dubois, the former WBA World Heavyweight Champion. But I'll tell y'all straight up, I do not care. Did he fail drug tests? Yes. Has he been testing clean recently? Absolutely. I just think that people are biased towards their favorite fighters when it comes to that because all of this energy that people are giving to Big Baby Miller is not there for Dillian White. Period. It most certainly wasn't there for Canelo, even though his situation had more to do with cows and pharmaceuticals and meat production in Mexico. That's that's a very long story. But either way, Big Baby is here to stay, and he blew up this press conference. He did. Just take a listen. Anything to say to anyone else up here? Oh, they can all kiss my black ass. Deontay and Adrian. I don't like none of them motherfuckers. You know what I'm trying to say? But one thing I can tell you is that after I finish with du Dubois, I definitely want Manuel Truck because he got that belt. Them dudes got losses, and there ain't nothing over there with the, for them belts right now. But I tell you one thing, though. We all know for a fact that AJ don't want no smoke with Deontay. Shut the fuck up. And even though... Yeah. Start with me. Even though... 
Villa, don't start with me. You know I'll come over there and slap you. And I see you brought your mum here again. I see you brought your mum here again because you did a rampage. Boy, shut up. You're not feeling like that. But like I was saying, we all know that AJ don't want no smoke with Deontay. As much as I don't like Deontay, I know Deontay will put that motherfucker in the grave. So let's make, I'll make it easy for you. Either you can fight Deontay and go to the grave or fight me and go to the hospital. Either way, you get your ass whooped. So pick your poison. So let's stop all that talking. Take Eddie Hearn thumb out your ass and pick somebody that really can fight. Either me or Deontay, one of us Americans, whoop your ass. So stop running over your English muffin. You, Steve Joshua is also on the card. Mm -hmm. What's your message to him? I mean, he know he a punk. You know he never come step to me like I've tipped him plenty of times. You know, we got unfinished business. He came to America, got his ass whooped by Nikito Taco Bell, my brother Eddie Ruiz, and we never seen him again. So that tells you all we need to know about Anthony G. Um, we are going to find out what Daniel Dubois is all about on December 23rd. Are we going to find out what you're all about? First of all, I want to say, uh, you know, we got to wake this crowd up. Uh, Assalamu alaikum. Um, thank you, Brother Turkey, for putting on this event. Frank Warren, George, for uh, working diligently behind the scene and making it happen. Brother Spencer Brown for really putting this together. And um, thank you, Daniel Dubois, for being the dummy to sign the contract. Cause I'm gonna beat your ass. Um, listen, man, proof is in the pudding. When I, I talk that shit, but I back it up every time. So, was it kickboxing or boxing? I'm going in there and I'm gonna rip his head off. You know, it's the same we have in New York. I mean, if you don't like vulgarness, cover your ear. We smell bitch in them. And once the bitch is in you, it ain't going nowhere. He quit against Joy Joyce. He got beat up and knocked out by Jab by Usek. And those are small guys. I mean, Joy Joyce is big, but he ain't big baby big. So I'm telling you something, when you find a mean guy like me that's throwing 80 punches around, got a good chin, don't quit, come forward, I'm kicking his ass and I'm sending him to early retirement, plain and simple. What do you think of Daniel Dubois? Uh, man. If shit had a twin, it'd be his face. It's plain and simple. I mean, listen, bro, I, like I said before, we could talk the talk and walk the walk. I talk and I back it up. Like I said, I think the Trey's new trainer put the battery in his back, try to motivate him to get in there with the likes of me. You know what I mean? He was scared to fight Joseph Parker. I heard Joseph Parker move too much for him, so he don't want to chase him around. So he thought because I'm inactive, he's going to fight a big guy like me. But I come forward, and I'm just mean, hungry. And like I said before, there's nothing he's going to do to me that's going to bother me. I'm going to hit him with everything in the kitchen sink, and I'm going to send him back to his trainer, and I'm going to tell him, I told you so. So listen, plain and simple, come December 21st, I'm going to kick your stuttery ass. Watch. Pay for it? Oh, yeah. Good. <laughs> Good. That's what we want. His promoter got to hype him up because he over there. He's stealing a bag of chips over there, boy. <laughs> Listen, man, I'll tell you right now, man, I'm going to fry your ass. Anybody, once I kick his behind, I'm going to buy everybody fish and chips in here. Bet my word on that. And, Frank, we're going to talk long term. Don't worry after I cook your boy. I feel bad for you for putting that money behind that dude. That boy is talking spicy. That is the big baby that everybody knows. The incessant trash talk. The big Brooklyn vibe, it is unmatched. I'm excited he's up there, and I hope that he makes a good showing of himself against Daniel Dubois, because this might just be his last shot. And I know a lot of people have said that about his previous fights. This is his last chance, this is his last chance, but he is here. He is at the highest level right now. The elite in the heavyweight division. And as an undefeated fighter, if he messes this up, goes out there and he makes a fool of himself in that ring, it's over for him. It's over. But, as for Anthony Joshua, he sounds very confident in himself. 
it is no secret <laughs> that that boy Anthony Joshua do not like Big Baby Miller. These guys were scheduled for a fight a few years back. Of course, like I just mentioned earlier, the drug testing situation ended up setting them back. But now, these two are sharing the stage together, and the energy was smoky. Big Baby wants smoke with everybody in the division. Wilder, Joshua, Wallen, everyone. He does not care. Roll that. Sorts of nights. Tell us your feelings heading into this one. Why isn't Eddie asking me questions? You're my promoter. Feel Eddie, would you like to ask Anthony a question? Um, thank you. AJ, a massive <laughs> moment for you. Six weeks what out. Yeah. People talking about you've peaked. People talking about this might be. People talking about our peaks have never even seen what a peak looks like in their whole career. So I don't know what they're talking about, number one. Secondly, I want to thank His Highness Turkey and the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia for putting a phenomenal card together. And um, I'm looking forward to delivering my message to Otto Wallen on December 23rd. Obviously, this time around, short notice, three fights in one year. That was the plan when we set yeah. off for 2023. Yeah. You're going to deliver that, and it could lead to a huge 2024, but everybody talking about future fights, just purely focused on Otto Wall in December 23rd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't predict the future, but I know where I want to go. I know what I want to do, and I'm sticking to that plan. I set our plan at the start of this year, and I'm sticking to that. I'm a man of my word. I stand firm on what I believe, and I believe I'm going to be three-time heavyweight champion of the world. And my first stop to that in getting in the rankings is putting on a demolishing job against Otto Wallen. And finally, sorry, Dev. Finally, <laughs> crack on. <laughs> your third fight in Saudi Arabia, back to Riyadh. I know every time you've been, it's been an incredible, phenomenal experience. Incredible Riyadh season. We yeah. saw a breathtaking production, an event with Fury against Ngannou. Yeah. Excited to get back to the kingdom. 100%. When my family heard we was going back to Saudi, phones started ringing off. When can we get tickets? When can we book flights? They get treated real nice when they go there. I'm focused on my fight, of course. My whole family, my community is going to be out there. There's going to be a hundred of us strong, and um, it's going to be a really good time to be in Saudi Arabia. So, if this is the first time you're hearing it, make sure you get booked up to head out to Saudi Arabia December 23rd. It's going to be big, and I don't think we've ever seen a card like this before. And just definitely, finally, when we sat down in that meeting with His Excellency, just on Monday night, the vision that we saw, the passion that we saw for boxing, something that we all share. 100%. So, this isn't a one stop shop. This is what I like about the vision is that there's a map, a road map with checkpoints, and I can't wait to get to the final destination. So as I said, this is my first stop. And um, December 23rd, I'll deliver that message, and I'll be on my way again onto the next bigger and better opportunity in 2024. I'm fully focused on this fight. I'm determined to win, and I'm determined to get back to my peak, if that's what they want to call it. Anthony Joshua takes on Otto Wallen for mandatory status in the heavyweight division. There are major differences between the rankings in each sanctioning body, with the WBC and WBA both ranking Deontay Wilder at number one. The WBA ranks Anthony Joshua at number three, while Otto Wallen isn't ranked within the WBA's top 15. The WBO has Joshua placed in their number one spot, while Wallen occupies number nine. The heavyweight division's rankings are scrambled, but this heavyweight tournament is meant to provide the public with more clarity. That is a fact. The WBA still has Mahmoud Char listed as their WBA secondary slash regular champion, which was settled in court back in August. I did not talk about that on this show, but long story short, 
they ended up stripping Mahmoud because he didn't defend his belt within the amount of time allotted for a regular champion. He ended up taking them to court saying, hey, nobody gave me a fight in that amount of time. It wasn't my fault. Reinstate me as champion. I don't know what this whole situation with Daniel Dubois is, but I am still the champion. So he took them to court. Situation lasted for about a year. It ended up getting resolved in August. He ended up winning some money and his belt back. So on the WBA's website, he is currently listed as the champion. BoxRec has not updated their stuff yet, but I just want to let you guys know that technically he still is the champion right now. This belt originally belonged to Daniel Dubois, who unified it with Alexander Usyk's WBA Heavyweight Championship to consolidate the belts. The WBA's conditions for Char still stand, which is why Jarrell Miller said that after he took care of business with Daniel Dubois, he would fight Mahmoud Char because he, quote unquote, still got that belt. The fact that we are still in a place where belt problems is wild, but I'm sure if Miller gets through dynamite Daniel Dubois, he will take care of business against Mahmoud Char. As for Anthony Joshua, the next step is holding on to the ranking and fighting Deontay Wilder. I don't know why this fight has been taking so long to make. I said the exact same thing about the fight with Andy Ruiz, but this fight has just been marinating for years and years and years, and it's finally ready. And then we get these two guys in tune-ups. So they're willing to put them on the exact same card, but when it comes to getting the fight done between the both of them, they are saying, nope, we want these guys to get ready first. We don't want them to not be on their A game. If we're going to have them fight each other, we want them to be 100% ready. And we also want to give them a chance to showcase to the public exactly what they can do inside of the ring. I think this is a smart strategy, but at the same time, it does really frustrate a lot of people because they're saying, what's the sense in having these guys on the same card if they're not fighting? Make it make sense, which I do understand, but like I just stated, it's a good opportunity for these guys to showcase their skills to the public. It's very obvious that they're trying to set up a mega fight between Joshua and Wilder. Their names have been linked since Wilder was WBC heavyweight champion and Joshua was on the other side of the street. Wilder has maintained the story that Anthony Joshua wanted to price him out. Wilder claimed that Joshua asked him for $50 million and that is when his team granted that request, but he still denied. Take a listen. He asked for $50 million and we provided that for him and he did not take it. That's why they don't have Joshua speaking a lot on his own behalf, you know, and if he do speaks, Joshua always slips up and say things that that is not appealing to his people, you know, and they have to play cleanup. I'll keep it 100, y'all. I've never known Deontay Wilder to be dishonest about insider information. The entire time Wilder tried to set up a fight with Andy Ruiz, like I just mentioned earlier, he kept it real about why the contract wasn't being signed. I also dedicated a couple episodes to this situation on here, and I didn't miss any words. That boy was trying to price him out. Let's be real. He was. And it ended up working in his favor because now Ruiz, he is out of the fight with Wilder. Wilder is the man with all the opportunity in his hands right now. He's the guy who gets to take the big trips out to Saudi Arabia, shake hands with all the rich people, get to dip his fingers in some oil money. Ruiz is the guy sitting at home watching all of these guys move around in a brilliant circle of cash and boxing gloves. It's all happening 
And he is the person who messed the opportunity up for himself. He made it happen on his own. Unfortunately, he's the guy who has to miss out on this opportunity. Now, I am willing to bet the information about Anthony Joshua is true. But now that we're in 2023 and the spectacle of a main event has been made official, the past doesn't matter. I'll keep it real. Once again, I doubt that Anthony Joshua wants to repeat this situation. It would be absolutely criminal for these two men not to fight before their careers end. Imagine, just for a second, a world where Deontay Wilder, former WBC heavyweight champion of the world, didn't fight Anthony Joshua. It would be madness. It would be madness. It would be one of the biggest what ifs in boxing history. If Anthony Joshua gets through Otto Wallen and Deontay Wilder demolishes Joseph Parker on December 23rd, I can see the mega fight between two of the biggest and baddest heavyweights being made instantly. Oshaki Foster has just signed a four-year deal with ESPN Top Rank. The 130-pound division is just months away from being unified. Last week, I talked about how the division is split due to people being on other sides of the street. But Foster immediately jumped ship to top rank to avoid anyone saying he's ducking competition or allowing the politics of boxing to get in the way of unification fights being made. It's like he listened to my show. He heard what I had to say and said, you know what? We out. We're going to make these fights happen. But <laughs> that's wishful thinking. Of course, that's what the smart man would do. If you see guys who have belts on the other side of the street, guys who are signed to other promotions... With belts, the smart thing to do when your contract expires is to go and sign with that promotion instead of trying to go independent or find your own way. Obviously, there are rare exceptions to that, such as Terrence Crawford. If you're a big enough star, of course, the rules do not apply to you. Obviously, if you're not a regular average Joe with a belt, it's not going to be the same. The average person, the average world champion, obviously, which is even wild to say, considering the fact that it's incredibly difficult to become a world champion, but the average world champion is not going to be afforded the same opportunities as a superstar, especially if you're in the lower weight classes right now. It, these opportunities are going to be few and far between for you. So the best thing to do if you want to unify is to jump ship, please. No matter what your promoter is telling you, go to another promotion. Chase those opportunities. Dare to be great. Do not sit on your hands thinking that being loyal to one promoter is going to get you those belts. November 25th, boxing's brightest stars shine on one knockout night. He is down! The Mexican monster, undefeated superstar David Benavidez. Defends his title against undefeated Demetrius Andre. Andre explodes. And Jermall Charlo returns to take on Jose Benavidez Jr. Gets rocked with another right hand. David Benavidez versus Demetrius Andre. And Jermall Charlo versus Jose Benavidez Jr. Saturday, November 25th, live on pay per view. PBC Showtime is closing out this year with a bang. Of course, as we all know, like I disappointingly reported to you guys two weeks ago. Showtime is going out of business. These guys have been putting on cards since 1986. My parents were watching these fights. Like, I cannot stress enough how important this is. 
we are losing one of the biggest boxing media outlets of all time. And I I am deeply, deeply, deeply disturbed and bothered by that. But I'm just very happy that we are able to witness history together and see the closing of a great promotion. Now, this card, very, very special. We've got Jamal Charlo returning against Jose Benavidez Jr. In the main event, we've got... David, the Mexican monster, Benavidez, against Demetrius Bubu Andrade. Both of those fights are spectacular. And I know for a fact that regardless of what anybody says about what's going down with all of the other promotions, this is going to satisfy everybody's urges. This is going to satisfy everybody's needs. Whether you're paying the full $80 or not, this is going to be your card. I want you and your family to be huddled up around that television, nice, cozy, and warm watching some boxing and not just any boxing premier boxing champions that's what we're talking about right now pbc al Heyman, delivering us the last great card from his side of the street featured on the undercard we have some new developments originally we only had two other fights confirmed the first being Subriel Matias, the IBF World Super Lightweight Champion. He will be defending his IBF Super Lightweight Championship of the World against Shohajan Ergashev, a 23-0 Super Lightweight Fighter. Of course, we already discussed this as well on last week's episode. Hector Luis Garcia will be defending his WBA World Super Featherweight Championship against Lamont Roach, sitting comfortably at 23-1. Also added to the card are Vito Mielniski Jr. I had the chance to watch him live last year. He put on a great show during the Tank undercard. That fight was amazing. Love to see him again. And then, of course, the new Mayweather prodigy, Kermel Moten. Interesting thing about Carmel, he is already ranked. He is currently sitting at number 762 in the featherweight division. His opponent, Hunter Turbifil, is sitting at 3-0. So I think this is going to be a nice little step-up challenge for him. They're not feeding him guys who have negative records. It's very obvious they want him matched up skill for skill with guys who are just starting out like him. However, even with that, we do have to say that Carmel Moten is national champion material so this could either be a guy who's a really good 3-0 who was a decorated amateur like he was or this could be a really bad 3-0 and we just have Carmel dominating this guy and he won't get rounds in the bank I hope that he is able to get rounds in the bank obviously we still want him to win but we do want Carmel Moten to develop over time we don't want him to plateau too early and I feel like giving guys consistently and and I'm not talking about like once every year or two times a year I'm talking every single fight every single year until they reach the top comp giving these guys competition that is obviously terrible giving guys massive 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 chances at people who have absolutely no business being in the ring with these guys consistently giving these guys people who are not going to offer a serious challenge that leads to plateauing early. You have all of these guys talking about this guy's a prospect. This kid's a prospect. That girl's a prospect. They're going to be a prospect as long as you keep leaving them dry. Leaving your fighter dry 
with consistently poor competition creates poor situations for your fighter, especially when it comes to matchmaking. Because the matchmakers are going to look at that guy's record and say, wait a second, you're undefeated, but you're undefeated against guys who are trash. So what makes you think that you are going to be a worthwhile opponent for me, my fighter, and my promotion? Absolutely not. You can go find a fight elsewhere. You deserve to be fighting guys just like you who fought lackluster competition and got nowhere. You might have been a nice amateur, but it doesn't matter because now you're fighting guys who are terrible in the professional ranks. So what makes you think that we're going to take you seriously? We're going to pass. And I don't think that that's a Carmel Moten situation. Obviously, he's got Floyd Mayweather in his corner, so I know Floyd isn't going to let him go that far. But I'm saying that there are a lot of situations. I'm not going to name names because I don't want to get too political on here. But there are a lot of people who claim to be prospects, say, oh, this guy's up and coming. And you look at their box rec and they're only fighting guys with negative records. And if they're not fighting guys with negative records, they've got like wild losses. Like they're fighting a guy who has 19 wins. <laughs> I don't even want to finish it. But th this is this is a real situation on this guy's record. 19 wins, 10 losses. And I know it's bad to laugh at a journeyman like that. But when you consider these guys prospects to elite level competition and they're fighting guys like that, that's a joke. I'm sorry, y'all. <laughs> that's a joke. Boxing business is not meant to be going, <laughs> going in this direction. But unfortunately, we have a lot of crooked promoters who are building up their fighters this way. Once again, I'm not naming names or anything like that because I hate to get political on the show, but this is a very real situation. This is a very real situation. So let's appreciate the fact that they're giving Carmel Moten adequate competition. They're not giving him people who have no business being in the ring with him chances to fight him. He's fighting guys who are appropriate for his stage of his career. He's only got one fight fighting a guy who's 3-0-0, didn't have any crazy situations his last three fights. Let's see if our boy Carmel Moten can make something out of this. Title picture at 160. Obviously, we have to discuss what is going down at 160 and 168 because of the fights that are going to be happening on the 25th. Like I reported to you guys last week, Jamal Charlo will not be defending his WBC World Middleweight Championship against Jose Benavides. This is for a number of reasons, but Jamal has gone on record to say that he would like to ease himself into moving upwards into 168. Now, if that sounds like what it's sounding like, that belt might be vacant by the end of this year, the end of the spring quarter of next year. We are not entirely sure, but if it sounds like that, it's going to happen. Jamal Charlo is going to move up to 168 and stay there. That belt is going to end up vacant. Which means that either Carlos Adames will be elevated to WBC full champion. <clears throat> At this moment in time, Adames is carrying the interim championship. He will either be promoted to full champion or Janabek will be matched up with himself for a big unification fight. It's going to be difficult. It's going to be difficult because Janabek is signed to top rank. And y'all know how I feel about the side of the street argument. I always try to have faith. I'm going to keep it 100. I know that there's a slim chance that this will happen. 
But in this exact same episode, we are talking about the fact that Dimitri Salidas, Queensberry Promotions, top rank promotions, Eddie Hearn, are able to come together and create an insane heavyweight card in December? There is absolutely no reason that top rank and, well, the soon-to-be-defunct Showtime Boxing, RIP, um, will not be able to make this happen. There's no reason that anybody could look at this situation and say, well, I don't see it. No, we can see it. It's possible. It is entirely possible. And the fact that we are now just receiving news of PFL and Bellator merging? In the combat sports business, a merger like that? There's no excuses. There's no excuses that we can't have cross promotions. I, I, I don't understand why boxing has to be the only sport where we have absolutely settled chances at cross promotions. Settle. It has to be changed. Something has to be done. All right, everybody. That just about wraps up this week's edition of DQ with Damani. I am your host, D-A-M-A-N-I-M-A-D-I-R, Le Tigre himself, here to let you know that if you miss out on Android versus Benavidez, I'm going to be real disappointed in you. But other than that, please, please, please make sure you eat yourself a healthy plate of your family's favorite Thanksgiving dish. I know I am for sure. My family definitely hates having me home because I eat up everything. But gotta burn it off through training, right? Road work, pad work, definitely gonna get a little bit of sparring in this break, and I'm gonna enjoy myself. You should too. Just make sure that you don't miss these fights. Please do not. You don't want to be that guy who wakes up the next day looking at ESPN ringside or just ESPN Sports Center in general, and you're looking down at your phone like, whoa, that boy got knocked out like that? What was I doing last night? Asleep? Don't be that guy. You never want to be that guy. Ever. <laughs> in the sport of boxing, in the sport of MMA, and especially when it comes to Muay Thai, whoo, especially if you are watching some one championship, you don't want to be that guy. Make sure you're caught up with all your combat sports, lifestyle, news, and analysis by keeping up with my show. Please, please, please look forward to next week's episode because I'm going to be migrating everything that I missed this week into next week. You're going to have two nicely split 30-minute episodes. Please be on the lookout for part two. I love you all. Thank you, thank you, thank you for supporting my show. Take care of yourselves. Enjoy your Thanksgiving and God bless.